Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. week. We are week three in our series with us. I hope that you've been enjoying the series. I've, I enjoy just the, the Christmas narrative each and every year as we read through that. And there's just so many cool aspects of the story and the birth of, of Jesus. And we're going to continue that here today. If there ever was a person on the planet that needed to know that God was with them would be the Virgin Mary. Last week we left off with her receiving this invitation to be a part of the, and receive really the biggest assignment you could ever have, because that is to bring forth the Savior of the entire world. And we looked at Mary's response when the angel came and said that you're going to uh, give birth to the Savior. What was her response? Are you kidding me? I have to do that? No, what was her response? If you remember last week, she said these words. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. May your word to me be fulfilled. And I'm thinking, wow, what an amazing response that Mary had, wasn't it? That she would say, God, if you want to use me that way, Lord, use me that way. I don't know about you. I don't know if I would respond that way. Uh, I don't know, ladies, how you respond. But Mary was special in the sense of completely human. But her response was acceptance. God, if that's what you want me to do, I, I will do that. But you think about this, though, with Mary. Did she really have a choice? <laughs> you know, like you got, God's, the angel says, God's going to do this and it's going to happen. And Mary, you're going to kind of go with it, right? But it was chosen for her, really. And if you think about it, she, she had, had accept the decision that she would conceive and, and give birth to this child. But did she really have a choice? I mean, God said it would happen. It would happen. And I think about our lives as well is that there's some things that God does because he's God. He does that work. He, 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 he says, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to, uh, it's going to be accomplished and it happens. And, and how we respond to those choices God has is a whole nother, is a whole nother thing. So we have moments in our life, good, good things that happen that God blesses us. So there's, there's challenges in our life. We just have to Accept whatever it might be. But, but today we're going to look at more of a choice someone had to make when it comes to the Christmas encounter. See, there's wonderful blessings that we can receive. And there's, as I said, there's, there's painful things that we just endure. But many of us and many of our, much of our life, we're faced with choices. In fact, we make hundreds of choices every day. Today you made a choice what pair of pants to wear, or what outfit to put on. You're making choices tomorrow, what you're going to pack for lunch, you're going to bring lunch. You, you have all these decisions, hundreds of decisions we make every day. But then there's the biggies that we need to stop and it's really good to contemplate because they have huge consequences. But we're faced with choices. We're faced with choices. And it's interesting when we look at the story uh, that we're going to look at today, that the narrative, the historical a counter that took place is there was someone that had to face a, a pretty incredible choice. See, so yeah, the real big choices we face, whether it's careers or relationships or financial choices, they have just these consequences and they're weighty and they're heavy. And the choices we make are choices that, that actually 
I mean, really can have some consequences to our life that we've got to contemplate. And there's one guy in scripture, as much as Mary was chosen for her, Joseph had a choice. You think about it, he was faced one of the most unique choices that could ever be. But I think it can speak to us today as we're going to look at the choices that we make in life. Because I think there's people here, you're in a season of, of decision. Whether the holidays or not, that could be a factor involved in any of it. I think sometimes problems and issues that we're faced kind of get magnified in the holidays. But what you might be facing, regardless of what's going on in this season, you're in a place, a season of, of decisions. Choices that you have to make. In fact, me mentioning it's going to be a little distracting for you because you're, you're faced with a, a, a choice that you're contemplating right now. I'm hoping what we're going to talk about will be very timely for you. I hope it can be today to really speak to you specifically. But those of us are here going, oh, yeah, I had to make some big decisions before and I don't have anything really, you know, right now. Guess what? You will. <laughs> Next year, 2018, all of us are going to be faced with some major decisions at some point in our life and the choices that we have to make. And, and so Joseph, this, this encounter that he had with God today, he was faced with a choice that we're going to look at here. And my hope is we do that we'll have some tips. We'll have some help to make some good decisions in our choice in our decisions. But I want to encourage us even further, not just that we make the right choices, that we make the God choices. That we would choose God, that we would choose not just what is right or what is wrong, but what is God's will. And when we walk in understanding God's will, there is a fulfillment to his will. If a God is willing this to happen and we're willing to go with what God in the choice we make, there is a fulfillment. Now, there's no promise it's going to be easy. In fact, we're going to talk some, some challenges when it comes when we choose God here in a little bit. But we know at the end of the day, it is a fulfillment, not just for our life, but has eternal consequences that can make huge difference in God's kingdom. So as we look at Joseph's decision here, and we're faced with decisions in our life, I believe there's an assurance that we can find is this. The, the Christmas promise is this, that God is with us in the wavering. That God is with us in the wavering. What do I mean by wavering? It's the indecisive moments of our life that we face all the time. The choices that we go back and forth and back and forth. And usually the bigger decisions are the ones that we have to contemplate the most. And we wrestle with and we go through and we kind of wring our hands and go, God, I'm not sure what to do. Uh, 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 uh. We go back and forth. And there's a promise here that is God is incarnate through Christ. God is with us in the, the wavering, in the indecisive moments in our life. He has a promise that he is with us through it. Emmanuel, God with us. And so Joseph, as he's facing this excruciating choice, we're going to reflect on the fact that he is, and we are at times, battle with the opinions of others and what people are saying toward what God's saying. The, the choice between doing the easy way or the right way, between what people want or maybe we want, between what God wants. And we look at Joseph here, really you could say he's the average Joe when it comes to this. That he, we can relate the fact that what choice we're going to be faced is maybe a little bit different than, than Joseph faced, but we're all in this place of decision that God, though, the promise he's with us. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter one. And let me set the scene before we do. Joseph is engaged to be married to Mary, a young teenage virgin girl. And any time in history, 
you need to understand that, that back in the day, when people got engaged, it was a little bit different than today. When people get engaged, there's people that they, they find each other, they love each other, they made a choice in the matter. In fact, just the other day, there was, a, there was a choice that was made at the top of Mount Baker. I don't know if you saw on social media, but uh, Johnny, our drummer here, decided to uh, make this huge decision and to, to ask and pose this question to Lyric, who's, they're both here on the, the second row, on top of a mountain of all places. And, and, and she had a choice. And what did she say? Did you say yes? I, I think I saw the ring there today, okay? It's real ring, too. Way to go, Johnny. Great job. <laughs> like gumball machine. It was good. It looks, it, I know I'm not a ring expert. They look, they look, it looks real. It's, it's authentic. Rec- congratulations, guys. We're excited for you. I don't know all the family arrangements. You can, we can talk about that afterwards. But I'm sure your engagement was much different than the engagements that happened back in the day. Because in, in Joseph's time, Mary's time, it was, a, it, was, it was very planned out. In the sense of it was family contracts that come together. There was a, it was an agreement. It was signed even. Okay, it was it was official. So when you got engaged, it was it was a it was a big deal when it comes to what this contract was going to be. I mean, there was property involved. I mean, there was so many heads of goats or cattle or something and property. I mean, it was this is the kind of stuff that went on. So you got to understand the context that we're going to look at today. It was a it was a really big deal, and there was this decision that he was faced with. What, what do I do? And we're going to get to the challenge here. Because in verse 18, he says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His, his uh, mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked last week. Imagine Mary's internal dialogue that went on. Like we think, man, how in the world? She, she hears this news. She's contemplating herself. And then she has to go and tell Joseph. She has to go tell this dude, hey, I got something to tell you. Joe, you might want to sit down for this. Remember, we, we talked about what Mary must have been thinking, but now you think about what Joseph was thinking. He, he sits down, honey, bunch, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you something. I'm, I'm pregnant. But before you jump to conclusions, it happened through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Imagine you're Joseph. <laughs> like, I'm almost reaction to me, like, how long did it take for you to come up with that story? Okay, come on. Don't give me this Holy Spirit stuff. I saw that one dude checking you out, and now I saw, you know, there's, there's probably a bit of jealousy or, or, or at least doubt is coming over him. And either this, this woman, this chick is crazy or she's lying, okay? There's, this is human reactions to all that's going on. He faced this difficult choice. Joseph is asking himself, do I move forward and stay with this girl? Or, or, and, and what, and all the implications that go with that, what should I do? What others might be even thinking of all that's happening? He's contemplating all this. Because here's the thing. Her reputation and purity is completely questioned. For it was not only sin, as it is still to say, sin, you know, outside of wedlock and getting pregnant, but it was punishable by death. Wow. You need to understand, I mean, from, from his perspective, like either way, he's kind of marked for life. And what he's supposed to do, and she's got her challenges, but he has his challenges. If 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 you know if 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 he moves forward in this, this this could affect his his livelihood. I mean, how is how how many might be able to get a job? There's a stigma that goes with all that's going on, and and what's going through his mind is probably this: is like, how do I get out of this? 
How do I consider bailing? In fact, verse 19, it says, when Joseph, her husband was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had mind to divorce her quietly. And see, really, you read this, you're kind of going, come on, Joe, buddy, don't give up on the woman you love here. Don't be a quitter. And yet there was more that was going on. In fact, the Bible, you can, and you can look at the, the text here, Bible scholars would say that breaking off the engagement actually was a noble thing to do. I mean, if, if she's pregnant already, you have every right to break off this pregnancy. I mean, this, the contract is, is, is there's a, I don't know if there's a clause in this thing or what, but, but basically he had every right, but he was thinking, I, I don't want to expose her to public shame. I'm not going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it off. So I'm not going to call her out. I'm going to, maybe she can go and have the baby elsewhere. Like quietly, can we, can we deal with this? Maybe she can start over somewhere else. I can start over. And so you, if you, if you choose this path, you know, people he's wrestling through, people are going to be sympathetic to it. You know, some would even say, Hey, good choice, Joe. Don't complicate your life. Don't, we're, we totally understand. In fact, you have every right to break this off. He faced a, a tough choice. Either, either go the easy way, which others could say, not only is it the noble thing to do, even the, he had the religious loophole to even do it and to break it off, or does he choose the difficult path? Now, some of us here, uh, maybe not, I mean, let's say every single one of us in this world will not have the choice that Joseph had. It was a unique choice he had to make. But you and I are faced with choices, excruciating choices that we have to live out in our lives every day. Whether it's a job or relationship or opportunity, a health decision, a problem to remedy. We all of us are here and we wish, we wish, we wish, we wish, we didn't have to make the choice. We wish we could just not choose. But how many know when you don't choose, that's your choice? You know, we love, I mean, multiple choice. Sometimes we're like, okay, A, B, C, all of the above, D, E, none of the above. How many are like, I love none of the above. I don't have to choose any of it. And life, guess what? The none of the above is still a choice. You and I face every single day in decisions we have to make, and they can be weighty. Let me just ask this question. What pr- pressures are you facing this Christmas? What are the pressures you're feeling, feeling this Christmas? Some of you just even mentioning it, you get a little tense, you know, just there's stuff that's got to get done and be accomplished. Some of you are still buying, having buying presents. You drew the name, uh, your second cousin, you know, you know, and you like, I don't even know my second cousin, you know, what, what am I going to buy? I have to, I, it's a $10 limit. You know, I ever tried to do that. Like, what am I going to get them? Some of you are faced with, uh, duties to perform. You've got cookies to bake. You've got food to get ready. There's still decisions that need to be made in this, this next week. Some of you still have parties to attend. I, I counted. I, I'm at five Christmas parties I had already this year. Two of them actually planned. Okay. So that was my fault, but they were wonderful parties, had a great time, great food, great little gifts and that type of thing. But they'd be kind of exhausting. Some of your face with some choices this week of, of parties where you're going to have to be in environments well, maybe in a work party that's always awkward, you know, hanging out with people you work with sometimes is weird, sometimes on a social side. Some of you are facing even more with family uh, parties. I went to a party yesterday, and it was like my, my cousin didn't want to talk to my other cousin. There was a grudge over 25 years, and she's telling me all this. And, and I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> like, why am I, what am I going through? Maybe you're faced with that in your holiday season where you're, you're having to go. Like, you go there because if you don't go there, they'll talk about you not being at the party. Like, you're, you've got that pr- kind of pressure, right? We feel that in the holidays a little bit, right? So 
as much as it's the most wonderful time of the year, it's not always. It's stressful and there's anxiety that goes with it. And there's this pressure to please people because we have this fear what people are going to think about us. And yet we have roles and we have responsibilities and we need to meet those needs. But here, can I, can I challenge you and myself included? It is not God's will for us to be in worry and anxiety. But it's the holidays, you know, even in the holidays. We're not called to live as, as Christ followers in a place, in a state of worry and anxiety. Yes, there's hurried moments and got to do what we got to accomplish and there can be stress. It's not saying that life isn't stress-free or anything like that. But how we deal with it, how we get compulsive, how we work through it uh, when it comes in overwhelmed with worry. It's not, it's not what God has for us. So we have to make this choice. Do I choose to please God, including my, you know, choose God or do I choose to please others, including myself? Well, let's get to back to Joseph's story here in verse 20 as he's contemplating. It says, cause it says this, but after he had considered this, what was he considering? Everything that he was going through. All this news and, and the conversation that he had with Mary and knowing this information now. And she said she's pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Like, well, come on, God, what's going on? You know, and then who knows what others are knowing and all that's happening. So he's caught up in this drama. And you can almost sense that he's laying in bed awake, tossing and turning. And he finally dozes off to sleep. And it says this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So picture Joseph waking up and having this news, this that, that, that God had really had spoken to him. He had this revelation of this moment that it was a huge dream and what the dream meant. You need to understand how significant this was. This is a prophecy being fulfilled after 400 years of silence that, that the Messiah would be born. And Joseph, as only a few other people have received this news, he's now carrying this news. And on top of that, he's going to be the one a key person involved in the birthing process of the, the bringing in the savior of the world. Okay. This is huge. He is going to be in contemplating being the greatest stepfather in human history. Okay. Think about that. Your stepdad, t- talk about that pressure. Here he is. And yet God uses the average Joe, the average guy to do extraordinary ways to fulfill his will. Not only the choice he had to make to fulfill ultimately what God wants to do, but Joseph had a choice. You and I have a choice. So we can learn a little bit as we're going to look here. Joseph, the average Joe, how God used him in the, in the time of, of wavering. First is this, you grant the sin is in embracing divine revelation. You know what it does? It breaks the bonds of public opinion. Joseph had this dream. Joseph received knowledge of God and God spoke to him. And when God speaks to you, there's something of clarity of thought and mind. And, and, and God speaks to us in a variety of different ways. Maybe you've had a dream. Maybe you have this moment you feel like in your heart. Those are those moments that God is directing you. God is speaking to us. And I, as much as I love social media and, and I find myself in line or whatever, I'm looking at what people are posting and everything. I find it interesting is like a lot of people, well, you see at times people will post things about making decisions. Like I've seen people post, oh, I want to go out to eat. I'm not sure where to go. Should I go to Bob's or Big Al's? And I'm just like, hashtag, who cares, right? 
get it, you know, get alive, you know, donate your money to charity, do something great with you. I don't really do, I need to be involved in that decision with you. No, I don't need to, right? Yet there's big decisions that we're faced contemplating life and choice of it, and we want the buy-in. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't get people's ideas and thoughts and everything like that, but how many know I think social media doesn't help? We kind of just confuse the matter. and like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, what these people are doing, these people are doing, and we get overwhelmed with that. What do people think of me? Do they like me? Do I fit in? Do I measure up? Do, you, do, you, do I do the right thing? Do you, do you need me? Do you think I'm pretty? Okay, all those things go in the mind and thoughts of people. They go through this. And nothing wrong with getting the way in of others. But are we hearing from God? See, I think what happens is this. We can get so obsessed with what people think that we quickly can neglect what God thinks. See, what happens is we can get so obsessed with what people think, we quickly dismiss and neglect what God thinks. Joseph had a clear choice. Do I move forward in this, in this marriage or not? He no longer, though, was weighing public opinion or even this religious loophole. Like, hey, the right, even the, even the noble guys can get out of this, Joseph. You don't have to go through with it. No, he balanced it with what God was speaking to him. God was speaking to him. See, God's word, the, the written word that you have, the Bible is wonderful. It's powerful. It's, it, it, it speaks to us. It's, it's a written word. But there's also within the written word, there's also the logos, the living word, meaning word from God. And that, now the word from God that we get, the feeling and the direction, it shouldn't be opposite or opposed to the written word, but God can use these moments in our life, this living word speaking to us. I love how the Bible says of itself in Hebrews, for the, it says, where the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's able to, and I love this, penetrate even dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word speaking to us is like a surgeon's scalpel. And, it, and sometimes it opens our soul up in such a way and begins to show us and guide us and direct us and does a work in us. But we have to be open to that. See, God, what is it you're speaking to? How are you directing it? And I think at times for us, many times we kind of go along our life and do what we're doing. And all of a sudden we're faced with a, a fork in the road. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And, and so we quickly turn to God, which is great. We do that. But I'm wanting for our lives and myself included, you know, what if we were hearing God the, all, all, all the seasons of our life? And then when we kind of, when we come to a place of decision, we know God's word enough to make the right call and we don't have to wrestle with it so much. Does that make sense? Sometimes we get so caught up in what to do, what to do, but do we, have we looked at God's word as part of our life? And then the Bible says it's a, it's a lamp into its feet, a light into our path. When we're we needing direction, God's word is there to help us. But have we, how do we know? Well, we need to read it. We need to meditate on it. We need to make it a part of who we are. So when we come to the place of decision, We'll know what the right decision is mean. We'll know what God would want us to do. But here's the kicker of all of it is this. We don't not only know what to do, but we would actually, this is, this is key, do it. <laughs> There's one thing to know is the other thing to do it, to actually obey, to have the courage to obey. See, you have to come to a place, do we please people or do we choose to please God. See, no, this is a great promise to this, that God is with us and the wavering is this. Obeying God, you know what? It means facing the threats and criticism of others. So when we come to the place of obeying God, knowing, know this, there's going to be a risk. And sometimes, I'm saying maybe there's many times, it's not always that popular. 
there's actually criticism along the way. Joseph faced a huge challenge. He, 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 he either followed the fear of man, meaning man was telling him, hey, you have every right to dismiss this woman and let her go and you can move on with life. Or he could step in obedience to what God's telling him to do, but face the ridicule. And the potential of what's going to happen, not only would they, he marry and then she would give birth to this child, but then raise this child in this, you know, whispering culture that's out there, that wondering, suspicious culture that's out there. Like, you know, is it really, is it really the Holy Spirit or was there, who really is the father of this kid? You got you to gotta know, like... You know, you think nowadays, you know, anyway, they, you know, Joseph says it's it's not his baby, but you know, I saw him parked at his donkey at 2 a.m. at her apartment, and I don't know if they say it was a Bible study. Okay, uh, there you, the, the scroll of Isaiah was open, but were, were they really reading that thing? Right? We don't know. We, we, well, we do know what God's word says, but there's suspicion of people out there, and we get caught up in what people think. Versus really what God thinks. What really does matter? And God's word directs us. And sometimes when we take the steps of obedience, we're going to be criticized. I've been the pastor here just over nine years. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful job. I love it. But there's just moments that were absolutely excruciating because I had to make tough calls. As a leader, that's what leaders do. They make tough decisions. And I tried as much as I can to get the counsel of others around me, a circle of trust that's really good. Make sure you, you have that when it comes to the big decisions. But guess what? I had to make the call. And when I made the call, not everybody liked it. Not everybody was keen on it. Not everybody, I wasn't the most popular. People took my picture down at some point on their fridge, right? There's those times, and I would say this, is that I remember even in another context of, of leading and making tough calls, is I remember I was coaching basketball. And I had this star one year, it was this incredible player. I mean, he could like dunk the ball like in middle school, right? But he was uncoachable. I'd get in a huddle with him, oh yeah, 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 no, no. He would not listen, he would not listen. And I had to have him sit. Well, I faced not only the criticism of his parents, but the whole entire crowd of people and the players themselves. It's like, you got to put him in. We need him. He's going to sit until he listens. Tough calls we need to make. I don't know if you're, whether a coach, whether a leader, a boss, or supervisor, or business owner, or a parent, you have to make the tough calls. Not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to be your best friend. Parents, you have a teenager. Your job is not to be their best friend. They've got friends. You're the parent. And sometimes you got to do what's unpopular and there's consequences. And here's the consequences so hard is this. People will misunderstand you and judge you for it. They'll misunderstand and they'll, they'll misunderstand and they'll judge even your, even your motives in all of it. Here's the question though. Let me ask this though. This is an important question. Have you run the risk of being misunderstood and criticized lately? Have you? Some of you are high school, college age, and, you know, parties are going on, everything, the holidays, people are going to be doing all kinds of stuff. You're going to invite and you won't go because you know that's not a good environment for you to be in. And people will say, well, you're kind of goody two-shoes. You're kind of, you do, you're kind of like a Jesus person, aren't you? You don't want to be a part of that. And you're like, no, I'm going to do it. There's consequences. You can lose some friends that way. Some of you are adults or you're in a work environment. Some of you are in a, kind of a, a, a place of criticism. The culture is kind of negative. And so coworkers talk about each other. They'll, 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 they'll criticize the boss. And here's the hard thing with that is you can remain silent because you're not going to give in to that. But the people you work with that criticize the other people feel like you're not supporting them in their cause. 
What do you do? It's tough, right? They're misunderstanding. There's, there's judgment that comes. Some of you are just say, I'm not going to be involved in consumer Christmas. Yeah, we're going to open a few gifts under the tree, but we're not going to do Christmas like we do Christmas. We're going to give. We're going to, we're going to support work across the world. And many of you did. You, I think we hit record number of people supporting Malawi, Africa, and the feeding of children. Some of you made a family decision. We're going to spend less on gifts. And so when your kids show up at school, they don't have the iPhone 10. They have a sweater. Like, that's all you got for Christmas? Yeah, but we ended up feeding, like, you know, children in Malawi, Africa. They didn't starve to death. Beat that, okay? Um, (laughs) You know, so there is ways and there's choices that we have to make all the time. And I tell you this, Jesus says, consider the cost in following him. There's a price to be paid. Here's something I want to encourage you this. And just, I'll just tell you, if you don't, if you're here and you go, man, I don't want to face any criticisms. I don't want to be criticized. I tell you, do this. Do nothing. Say nothing. Stand for nothing. And you know what you get? Nothing. Or will you and I be willing to take on the challenge, say, you know what? Others are doing this. People are doing this. They're going to judge. They're going to understand. But I'm going to choose God's way. And I'm going to go, and it's going to be a cost to be paid. I'm going to get judged probably. I'm going to get misunderstood. But if I got a circle of trust of people around me, my community that's supporting me, meaning people that I know are hearing God with me and making the tough calls, that's what you need. And, and the whole world could come against you on it, but you're doing the right thing. And how about you? I'm so thankful that Joseph modeled to us when it comes to the fact that he probably faced a lot of criticism. See, let me just challenge you with this. If you're not ready to be criticized for obeying God, you're not really ready to be used by God. Let me say that one more time. If you're not ready to be criticized for being obedient to God, you might not be ready to be used by God. See, Joseph modeled this to us, not only in the birth, but raising literally as the stepfather of the Savior of the world. I don't think there's enough credit in the Bible for Joseph and what he did. See, finally, in knowing this, God is with us in our wavering is this. Extraordinary acts of God often happen with ordinary acts of obedience through faith. I mentioned this about Mary last week. It's true for Joseph. Extraordinary acts of God often happen with ordinary acts of obedience through faith. Look at verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Key word there is as. As the Lord commanded him. It was simple obedience. Was it hard? Absolutely. Excruciating, the choice he had to make. But it was the right thing to do. It was the God thing to do. And with that, this assurance, when he does step in there, he did as the Lord command that God was going to bless him. Joseph's encounter was finished with the angel. It says this, it says, when he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to, they gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. How did, how did Jesus become Jesus. Joseph. Now, the angel God told him to name Jesus, Jesus. But we sing about Jesus. We pray to Jesus. We use the name of Jesus. Why? Because Joseph was obedient. The stepdad named him. Savior of the world is named Jesus, which means he saves. Think about that. I don't know what God has for you in your life, what he has involved with, but I tell you is this, is there's going to be some tough choices you're going to make. But what's so amazing is when we make those tough calls that God calls us to do, there's a reward, there's a fulfillment. How about Joseph right now in heaven? He like, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, you guys, you know, Jesus, I actually, I actually named him. 
How cool would that be, right? God has us involved in fulfilling his will, and we get to be a part of it. And it's not about us. It's about going, man, there's a satisfaction with what God has done. And I love the fact these two crazy teenage kids chose yes. They said, yes, we'll be a part to bring birth the Savior of the world. Wonderful, right? But you know what's missing in the, in the narrative in the Bible is there's a little bit of talk about Jesus as he grew up, just a couple places. But there's not much mentioned. There's no manual how to raise the Savior of the world. Have you noticed that? There was nothing there for them. How are they going to raise him? How are they going to discipline him? I mean, he's perfect, right? You spank Jesus? I mean, think about this. How do you, you think it's a pressure to be a perfect parent? Imagine raising Christ, okay? That's the pressure. But what's so powerful, the fact that they just said yes. And, and they didn't worry too much about the details. And I think sometimes in our life, we, we will say yes. But God, can you give me a little more than what you've given me here? And God says, nope, not going to do that. Why? Because I, I think a lot of times when God's saying to me, if I gave you more of the details, when you say yes to what I want you to do, you probably wouldn't do it because it's so huge and so massive that it'll scare you too much that you won't choose me. So I think in some ways, faith is this. It's doing, it is. Faith is doing something. We don't know the outcome of what's going to happen because that's faith. And God's saying, step with me, walk with me. There will be reward. There will, but before that, know this, there's going to be criticism. There's going to be pain. There's going to be some tough things you're going to go through, but it's going to be worth it because there's this incredible, incredible promise that comes with it. That God's saying, I'm with you the entire way in the process. Just follow me and where the breadcrumbs lead. Chris and I were first married just after a couple years being a youth pastors and that didn't work out. And, and I was faced needing a job and I, was, I applied to different churches in the area. And somebody got my name. It was out of Montana. And then a pastor in Idaho got my name. I did not apply to anywhere in Idaho because I didn't even know Idaho really was a state or anything at that time. I had no idea, okay? No potatoes came from there. That's about it. And this pastor called me up and said, hey, would you come and, and do an, an interview and come out and we'll fly it? And I said, where, where is it? Pocatello what? Uh, Pocatello, Idaho. And I go, Pocatello what? Pocahontas? Where, where are we going? Podunk what? And so we fly out there and we had a, a good time with this, this, this church and the pastor and his family. And, and my wife, we were, fly, we were ready to fly away. And she goes, we'll never see those people again, you know? And God began to work in our hearts. And, and uh, but God, what do you want? What do you want us to do? And we get a call a few days later and the pastor says, we'd like to offer you the position. Uh, we'll give you a week to pray about it, think about it. So we had this week, and I, I tell you, I was wrestling this whole week of what to do, and I went to the exact day of the week. He says, okay, call me on a Tuesday. I'm calling him the next Tuesday, next Monday, or whatever it was. I had seven literal days. I remember the day of my wife, she's heading off to work, and she goes, you got to call today. You, today is the day, dude. You got to call him and let him know we're going to take it, right? Well, what was happening was I was waiting to hear from this other church, I was waiting and praying, God, this, because it would have been way more convenient. We didn't have to move. My wife wouldn't have to change her job. We still, family still be around. And yet God was brewing something here. And so I remember she took off and I had breakfast and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call off the breakfast and I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Oh, I'm going to get a second cup of coffee. Um, oh, I'm going to go work out. And so then I worked out and then it's like, oh, I got to change. And then I got to have lunch. And as so I'm delaying the decision to call to make, I'm just wrestling with this choice. It was going, I got to, today's the day. And I remember calling him mid-afternoon, and, and, and when I said, we're going to take it, he goes, really? He was really surprised, and I was too. 
and, and we said yes to that. We just knew, and as much as that, this is the faith step that we need to take. I'll tell you this, within an hour, I get a call from the pastor of this other church that I've been waiting to hear from for the last couple weeks. And he calls me within an hour when I said yes. And she, so he says, hey, I want to get together with you. It'd be great to talk. And as, a, as he's sharing, working on getting together, I hear the Lord say, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I said, hey, I just, if you can believe it, just an hour ago, I accepted a position. He goes, if that's not God, I don't know what is. That's a confirmation for you. You're going to Idaho. I'm like, Idaho? And, and so we spent five glorious years in Idaho. We brought a child home with us uh, out of the process. But God did some great work, some tough years. We learned so much and grew through that. So listen, I don't know what choice, excruciating choice you're faced with today, but God is in the middle of your decision. He's with you in the waver. In fact, I'd like our team to come as we pray. And I don't want to pray for you and pray with you today. As our worship team comes, let me just ask this question. What are you wavering in this Christmas season? What are you waffling in? What are you, where are you indecisive in, in the season of your life right now? Some of you are faced with some choices right now. A choice maybe, a big decision you have to make. You don't know what the results are going to be, but you know you have, to, you have to make a choice. This next year, all of us, I'm sorry, all of us are going to have to make some one, one or several big decisions in our life. They're going to be life-altering. I mean, you're going to choose something that's going to change the rest of your life. Someone's going to make a decision for you that you're going to have to live with, but you are the one this, this year will have to make a decision that will affect many people around you. Here's the thing. As you're deciding on what that might be, are you feeling the pressure to please others? Are you wrestling with your own selfish desires? Or are you hearing God's voice? Again, to hear God's voice is to, to spend time with them, to hear, God, what are you saying? And we all would want a, a wonderful dream that God would speak to us. And that doesn't mean God can't speak in dreams, and he does. But having that moment, that time, say, God, what are you saying to me? Maybe this very moment today, God is already speaking to you. How about that? In fact, God is always speaking. Are we listening? What is he saying to you this day? and the decisions that you are making or will need to make in your life. Where are you wavering in that time? Joseph, thank goodness, what an incredible story. Joseph chose rightly. He didn't choose what others thought he should do. You know, the opinion of the community, even the religious people, you have every right, Joseph, to do. That's the right thing. No, he chose the God way. And it was counter, it was counter to, to, to ever, what everybody's saying. And even when his own heart was, he heard from God, said, God, no, I'm going to follow you. And what happened was, birth the Savior of the world through one couple that said yes. Is it any different for us? And I know we're not giving birth to the Savior of the world. Thank goodness we're not. That's done. That work has been accomplished. Not only the birth of Jesus, but the death of Jesus that we can have God incarnate with us here this morning and this Christmas season. But where is the choices you have to make? Whatever that might be, as you take obedience steps of courage to do that, know this, there's this process, this wonderful promise is this, that he is with us in the process. He's with us through whatever choices we have to make. And I know some of us are going, man, what if I make the wrong choice? You know what? God is with us in the wrong choices too. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. Sometimes the right choices don't feel like the right choice at the beginning. That's trusting in him and what we need to do and do the right thing, the God thing, versus whatever everybody else is saying we should do. So you're faced with a choice. Can I pray with you that God would give you wisdom and the courage 
as we pray and leave here today. God, thank you for this time and opportunity, Lord. We thank you for we thank you for Christmas, Lord. It's such a redemptive moment of a life. And as much as it's stress, it comes with it, God, that we can we can celebrate your birth and a free country. And, and God, I, I thank you for what this next Sunday is going to bring. Lord, we look ahead to this next week and preparations going in and these invitations that will be going out to invite people to you, Lord, not just to a church service, inviting people to you, that you want to be with them through salvation that you offer Christ. You did that on the cross and you accomplished it, but it started with your birth. And Lord, we want to celebrate that here this next week. So we, we pray, bless every invitation that's going out, every opportunity that we text someone, invite someone, they grab this card to come and be a part of it. Lord, we lift that day to you. But before that, Lord, here we are. And we're faced with some decisions that we have to choose in this season, Lord. And I pray right now, as people are sitting in those decisions, we pray, God, that you would give clarity right now. Lord, you would speak to them of what you want them to do. Lord, they would drive away or later in the day or tomorrow morning, whatever, Lord, you would bring confirmation. God, I thank you for the confirmation you, and when, when we were faced with a tough choice to move to a different state, Lord, you provided that, Lord. You can do the same for all of us, God. As so we hear from you and hear from those that we trust, Lord, that we're hearing your voice as well, Lord. May we step into that, God, but we're going to need to know the fact that we got to we have to do it. We have to obey. And Lord, we just need that courage. And, and Lord, you promise that your spirit is with us in the choices. And you're with us in, in the decisions once it's made. Whatever the consequences, whatever the results, Lord, we leave to you. And, and Lord, some of us are going to face criticism. Some of us are going to face challenges that because of the choice we made. But we know it's the right one because it's what you want us to do. And we can live out that choice knowing, God, our heart and desires to fulfill your will to make an eternal difference in our lives and those around us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.